Hello and welcome to episode number 62 of the Atlanta Man Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Rogers, and on today's episode, we will be discussing the Atlanta Braves trade deadline, where they made uh, four trades, to be exact, um, all of them interesting in their own way, I guess you could say, and they also um, had one pretty big piece of their team extended for 10 years, a um, little teaser there, but we'll get into that in a second, um, as we're going to quickly just blow by the games that have happened since I last recorded. Um, short synopsis is the Braves have played eight games since the last time I recorded, and they've won five of them. They're five and three um, over their last eight. They lost two out of three to the Phillies last week, kind of an annoying series. A.J. Minter had a uh, bad outing in game one, cost them a game. Braves win game two, lose game three because um, it was a day game. The Braves don't win day games, except for on Sunday this week they did because they swept the Arizona Diamondbacks in Atlanta this past weekend. Um, they won game three on a walk-off double from Austin Riley, who um, I teased it a little bit ago, but he got extended the very next day. He won NL Player of the Month also on the same day. He has been scorching hot. We'll get into him in just a second. And then um, their most recent series, it was a two-game set against the Phillies, and they split it. They won yesterday's game 13-1, to absolutely blew them out. And today they lost a pretty annoying game 3-1. to um, they led one to nothing in the eighth inning, and they gave up three runs in the eighth. Um, Dylan Lee and Colin McHugh were the uh, perpetrators behind the blown one-run lead that the Braves put up. Um, the Braves continued to be just very weird on day games. Um, they won on Sunday, like I said, with the walk-off, but the like they, they won one to nothing in that game. The offense has not been able to hit during these day games. Really, it's always something. I'm happy they beat the Diamondbacks, but yeah, the day games have not been kind to the Braves lately. It's really just since the Braves have gotten good this year um, that they've been pretty bad in day games. But yeah, something that needs to change because it's quite annoying. You have a chance to go for a sweep a lot of the time in these day games as they're usually the last game of the series. And the Braves just lose like too much. And I want them to win because they're my favorite team. So, um, yeah, yeah, dude. Um, we'll move on to what's really important this time of year, honestly. The games obviously mean a lot, especially for the Braves, who are in a pennant race with the Mets for the division. But everyone's focus was kind of on the trade deadline. And for good reason, because teams had holes to fill. The Braves are no exception to that. So we'll start off now uh, with the extension that I mentioned on of Austin Riley that happened on Monday. Just out of nowhere, in typical Braves fashion, the Braves announced that they have extended third baseman Austin Riley to a 10-year contract worth $212 million that runs through the 2032 season. And it also has a $20 million club option for 2033. It says um, here in the specifics that Riley will make $15 million next year, he'll make $21 million in 2024, and he'll make $22 million for the remainder of the deal and, of course, he agreed to donate $2.12 million to the Atlanta Braves Foundation as a standard procedure with everything the Braves ever do. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, um, my first reaction to this was very excited and happy for Austin Riley. It's a life-changing amount of money, obviously. He is locked up, does not have to worry about arbitration or having to play for a contract. He can just relax and play. 
I'm not saying that that uh, he wasn't already doing that because he's been like the best hitter on the planet for the past month. But it is still very good. I think it's a good value deal. Um, it seems like a lot right now because it is the most expensive contract in Braves history. Uh, this is the largest deal the Braves have signed anybody to, which is pretty wild. 212 mil. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of money. I get that, but. Austin Riley, if he was a free agent today, would have gotten more money than this, most likely. Um, he's pretty much been making $22 million a year for a majority of this contract. So that's perfectly fine value for Austin Riley and what he look, the kind of player he looks like right now. It could honestly be a steal because if Riley kept on this pace and um, went on to become a free agent, he would have gotten $30 plus million a year. You know, baseball contracts are always on the rise. So in 2030, when Riley's still making $22 million a year, a player of his caliber could be making $35, $40 million. So I think this is a contract that should age well. Um, obviously, the big caveat is Austin Riley being good. But um, this young thick, man, he's going to be good. He's a young guy. He's proven it. He did it last year. He's doing it even more this year. He has a 964 OPS this year. He, at least that's what he had going into the contract. I think it's still around the same number. He's been awesome. And, yeah, it's a, it's a good deal for the Braves. Another large piece locked up to go along with Acuna and Alves and Matt Olson and, you know, all the guys that they have in their pre-arbitration arbitration. Um, like Max Fried still is here for a few more years. Kyle Wright, Spencer Strider, Michael Harris, William Contreras. There's Braves have these guys locked up for a long time, and a good bit of them are on real contracts for even longer than their arbitration periods and things like that. So, yeah, the Braves are the Braves are nasty, man. They got a, they they just keep on doing it. They keep on <clears throat> getting these young guys coming up and producing, unlike a. Not many teams I've ever seen because the Braves, majority of their prospects, their big prospects have hit, and that usually doesn't happen. And they're locking them up, and it's just kind of the most um, efficient way to build a championship baseball club. And yeah, that's what the Braves are doing. So now uh, we'll move off of Austin Riley and get into the trades, which um, there are there's some interesting stuff here. Move on to the first one. This one happened uh, Tuesday morning, I believe, day before the deadline. This is the least consequential of all the trades, but it is an old friend returning to Atlanta. Erde Adrianza is back. Um, World Series champion Erde Adrianza is back. Uh, he got traded. He was with the Washington Nationals. He got traded for Trey Harris, who is a uh, guy that's been in Mississippi with the Braves all year. He's a 26-year-old that's still in AA. Um, you know, I've heard of him before. But he's just—he was not a prospect of any kind of consequence. He very ex expendable. Um, so yeah, gave up nothing really for Adrianza, <clears throat> and for good reason, because he's been terrible this year. He has a 4.58 OPS this year, and that's good for a 36 OPS plus, which is—that's absolutely abysmal. He's been awful. Um, he hasn't hit a homer. He's slugging 202, which is insane. He has two extra base hits all year. And you might say, Ryan, this is not good. He's been terrible. He is replacing Robinson Cano, who hasn't been hitting. He's pretty much been hitting at the same level as Adrianza this year, and he can only play second base. And Adrianza, he can play shortstop, he can play second base, he can play corner outfield, he can play third base, play first base if we needed him to. He can play pretty much everywhere except, like, catcher and center field. And he's a, he's a utility guy. And he was good for the Braves last year. Um, he had a 728 OPS with the Braves last year off the bench, 327 OBP. 
<clears throat> so he was good last year. He hasn't been good at all this year, but he's been playing for the Nationals. I'm sure those guys over there haven't been um, playing what I would call inspiring baseball, and I'm sure um, that's not going to change with the things that they did over the trade deadline. But, yeah, he's um, he's just here to be the backup, second baseman, utility guy. He's more versatile than Cano, obviously. And I think this is overall is actually good news because it seems that Ozzy Albies is going to be back soon because if the Braves had any inkling that Ozzy was going to miss some time, I think they would have gone and got like a real second baseman. Um, RC has been hitting the past couple days, but I still don't think – that uh, he is the guy guy at second base if Ozzy was out for a long time. I, I uh, mentioned Wilmer Flores a couple of times, but then the more I thought about it, I was like, if they want to get Wilmer Flores, it's probably not a good sign for Ozzy. So, yeah, I'll take the uh, lesser option with Adrianza and uh, take it as good news that Ozzy will be back soon because um, they miss him a lot. Arcia, he's still done a fine job, job overall, but they're, you miss Ozzy Albies. He's an all-star second baseman at the end of the day, so... Yeah, um, we'll move on. That's enough time on uh, my guy Ere, but uh, happy to have him back. Hopefully, he can uh, kind of find himself, the, like find the 2021 Adrianza again uh, with the Braves this year. So, we'll move on to the actual pretty interesting and real moves that are going to play bigger factors in the Braves season. Um, the first one happened the night before the deadline, or two of the first two happened the night before the deadline. And one, the first one came out of nowhere and was a very surprising and a head-scratching move by the other team that was trading. And uh, the trade was with the Houston Astros, who the Braves face in the World Series, obviously. And it was for starting pitcher Jake Odorizzi, who wasn't a guy that was on my radar, but I knew the Braves were going to go after a starting pitcher for sure. And um, Odorizzi wasn't a guy that was on my radar at all because he's on the Astros, who are a contending team, but... The Astros have a lot of starting pitcher depth, so it looked like they were trying to uh, use some of that to um, shore up other regions of their team, like their bullpen. And that's what they did in theory here, because the guy that they got back in return was one Will Smith. That's right. Will Smith of the Atlanta Braves. Um, 11 shutout innings in the playoffs, Will Smith. Been bad all year, Will Smith, is a Houston Astro now. Um, in return for Jake Odorizzi, um, who I'll read Odorizzi's stats real quick. He's actually been quite good this year. He's made 12 starts, um, 60 innings over those starts, has a 3.75 ERA, has a 3.62 FIP. Um, his strikeout numbers aren't great. They're like right at 7 Ks per nine, per nine, but he's got a good FIP. He's um, 102 ERA plus, just a solid arm. Um, he's not like a 2 or even a 3. He's like the 4 in the Braves or the five right now in the Braves rotation because they currently have six starters. He's been better than Ian Anderson and probably been better than Charlie Morton, but I still think Charlie Morton's definitely better than Jake Odorizzi. Um, but, yeah, he's a solid pitcher. He's been a solid Billy pitcher for a while. He's got a career 3.94 ERA, um, got almost 14 career war under his belt. He's 32 years old. Um, so, yeah, it's a solid move for the Braves, and I don't know why the Astros would do this. Um, Will Smith looked like he was on the verge of being DFA'd, and the fact that the Braves got this kind of return for a guy that was not going to be on the roster at all when Kirby Yates comes back most likely is pretty crazy. And um, it's a really good move for the Braves, obviously. Um, the way I'm talking and saying how crazy it is that the Astros did this just shows you, right now at least, obviously this trade still um, has to play out and all that stuff, um, you know, Will Smith could find something in Houston, and Odorizzi could be terrible in Atlanta. Who knows? 
But in a vacuum right now, the Braves really just kind of pulled off. I don't want to say a heist because it's not like they got for Amber Valdez or something for Will Smith, but they got a good starting pitcher when something that they needed. And um, they got rid of a guy in this trade that was probably going to be just DFA'd from the team, which is pretty wild. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a good deal overall. I like it a lot. Odorizzi looks like he's going to start in one of the two games of the doubleheader on Saturday against the Mets, so he'll have an important start right off the rip for the Braves. And, um, yeah, uh, I was kind of worried that this was going to fall through on a Tuesday night because the Braves' t- official Twitter account hadn't announced it. It was just reported by the reporters, and I was scared, like, oh, is Houston getting cold feet on this one? Because it wouldn't shock me if they did because we'll, it's just a puzzling trade for the um, Astros. I'm going to read Will Smith's numbers on the year right now. He has been worth negative .6 war. He has a 4.38 ERA, a 1.514 FIP. Um, along with his 4.38 ERA, he has a 5.22 FIP. He's given up almost two homers per nine. His walks are above five per nine. And, yeah, he's been terrible. Especially lately, the Braves haven't been able to use him and even, like, um, remotely like any kind of leverage like Braves brought him into a 6-1 game there against the Phillies and he immediately gave up a two-run homer like he just he, he's just been bad and maybe a change of scenery is something he needs but he's a Georgia guy he just won the World Series I don't know why you would need a change of scenery I think he just might be kind of bad so I don't know why the Astros did this but I'm glad they did so um, we'll move on because we got two more to talk about one at the end is a big one uh, that I'll, I'll definitely do a deep dive on but um we'll go over the next one a uh, guy that was on my radar, this is a guy that I thought the Braves might trade for last year at the deadline, and it's a guy that I thought was a possibility this year for sure too. They got Robbie Grossman, the Grossman, from the Detroit Tigers. Um, he is a, how old is the Grossman? He is 32 years old. He'll be 33 in September. The Braves traded away a A-ball prospect, lefty reliever. I think his name was Chris Angle or something. I, I never heard of him in my life. Sorry, I, I just forgot his name, but that's who they gave up. It's really nothing. He's um, expiring at the end of the year. He's a pure rental. And on his face, his numbers look pretty bad. Um, on the year, he has a 595 OPS, a 74 OPS plus. He's hit two homers. Um, he walks a lot. That's one thing that Robbie Grossman does very well. He has very good control of the strike zone. He knows the strike zone very well. He's walking at a 12% clip this year. He has a career 13% walk rate, which is excellent. Last year, he walked at a 14.6% clip, which is awesome. He's a very, very good um, walk guy, on-base guy. Uh, career 378, or 348 OBP, rather. High walk rate, kind of low batting average. Um, that's why he's been able to keep his OBP like around league average, 313, while batting 205. Um so on its face, it doesn't seem like it's like uh, this guy has been kind of trash this year. Even though he was good last year, he's been bad this year. But when you start to dig in to his splits, you see why the Braves did this. So currently the Braves have Eddie Rosario in left field, who is a platoon guy, obviously a lefty, and that hits righties better. Robbie Grossman this year against left-handed pitching, 96 plate appearances, a 9.99 OPS. That is um, pretty much a 182 OPS plus with um, his splits relative to the league splits. Uh, so that's really good. And then um, his OPS for relative to a player's total OPS on the year is a 237, which is insane. He's been incredible against lefties this year. 
Against righties, which is majority of his plate appearances, he's got a 430 OPS, which is not good, obviously. But yeah, he's he crushes lefties, and that's what the Braves need from him. They have Eddie, and they're trusting Eddie to be able to hit righties. He's looked better in recent days. He had a three-hit game yesterday, um, so that was encouraging. Um, Robbie actually made his debut with the Braves today. Came off the bench um, to face a righty to pinch hit for Heredia, and he hit a double off the wall. Looked like it might have gotten out. So a good start for um, his Braves career. And um, yeah, I like I like the trade a lot. Um, I think he he's a he's a good defender too in um, left field. A adequate defender, I should say. He's better than Rosario, better than Ozuna, obviously. And um, he's like here, kind of your Adam Duvall replacement for sure. I don't know if he's as good as Adam Duvall, but. He's definitely going to fill that void. He he can hit lefties better than Duvall. He's not as good as a, of a defender, but you know, he's been playing for the Tigers all year. The Tigers have just been like a cesspool of hitting. They couldn't. They haven't been able to do anything at the plate all season. So yeah, him getting out of there, I'm sure helps. They've been bad, and um, yeah, I, I like this trade a lot. And uh, he had a good debut today. So good for you, Robbie Grossman. Moving on to the final trade that the Braves made right at the buzzer of the trade deadline. I think it was actually announced after the 6 o'clock deadline. Um, and it looked like the Braves were done up until this point. But out of nowhere, it was announced that the Braves have traded for Angels reliever slash closer. He's, he's been their closer um, for the past two seasons. Rysel Iglesias, who is a huge power arm. Um, they traded Jesse Chavez, who we'll uh, get into in a second, and World Series Game 5 starter Tucker Davidson in this trade. Um, we'll get into the the return to that's going to Anaheim in a second, but I'll get, I'll get into Iglesias real quick. His numbers on the year um, on their face, kind of like Grossman, aren't great, but not, but not as bad as like Grossman or anything. He's got a 404 ERA, which is not great for a reliever, but he's been pretty good as of late. But um, when you really start digging down, he's got a 317 FIP which is very solid, um, and his expected numbers, I'll pull them up right now. He's got a 12.1 Ks per nine, which is great. But let me pull up his fan graphs to pull up his expected numbers. Um, I'll just say this. Iglesias has gotten pretty unlucky this season. Uh, as a, just give me a second. This is great podcasting, just me typing, but let me pull this up real quick. Um, okay, so Rysel Iglesias' expected numbers this year are a lot better than what he's actually put up. Um Fangraphs likes him a little more than baseball reference, um, giving him a little more war. But um, his ERA, like I said, is a 404 ERA. His expected ERA is 341. His FIP is a 317. His expected FIP is 306. So he is getting a little unlucky this year, that's for sure. BABIP is a little bit higher than it was in years past. Um, his Ks are still in a good spot. His walks are slightly up, and his homers are actually down. So. I liked I like this trade. The one thing about it is Rysel Iglesias is owed a lot of money over the next three seasons. He signed a big four-year, fifty-eight million dollar contract with the Angels this offseason after he was a monster last year. Um, the last two seasons, the twenty twenty year and twenty twenty one, his combined numbers goes as followed: a two six one ERA over ninety three innings, one hundred thirty four strikeouts, a two five eight FIP. 13 Ks per nine, a 176 ERA plus. He had been awesome, and he's still been pretty good this year. It's a clear talent upgrade. This guy has nasty stuff, high 90s fastball, filthy slider. He's He's got a really appealing repertoire for a reliever of 
the, that the Braves are going to be asking him to be the high leverage situations. And another righty reliever, which is something I thought the Braves needed. I didn't think they would go this big for a righty reliever, but here we are. Um, and yeah, I, I like the move overall, but he is owed $16 million for the next three seasons, which is a lot for a reliever. And I think this is not a, this is not a move the Braves make a couple years ago at all. He's making $10 million this year, so the Braves will probably pay him like four-something million for the rest of the year, but then $16 mil for the next three years. This could end up being like a bad contract because he's a reliever and they're very volatile, and um, you can kind of see it this year because he's having not the best year, but he's a guy that I think can easily turn his season around. It's not He hasn't been completely awful. I, I still think he's been pretty good if you look beyond his ERA, um, but yeah, he's he's a guy that can be an elite, elite reliever. He's been a closer for years. He was a closer with Cincinnati for, let's see, like five straight seasons, and he was good in all of them. He he's a good pitcher, and um, like his one one like so so year with Cincinnati, he was still like pretty good. Like he he's he's a good he's a good reliever, and um, it's just the one thing is the money aspect of this that really caught me off guard. But um, I think it's overall a good sign that the Braves are about to spend more money um, in the years to come. Obviously, they just gave Austin Riley a lot of money. That was like a good value deal. This probably like isn't great value on its face unless Iglesias is nasty for the next two years, which he could be. He that is that is definitely a possibility. But um, this is just not a move that the Braves make before they win the World Series, and it helps when you go on the big World Series run. You pack the stadium and the battery every night, and just start printing money. And this year, the fans have came out pretty much every home game, and they just make a lot of money. And, that, and they have money to spend way more than they did in the past. And, um, yeah, I think they're showing it here by going after Iglesias. And that's also why the return to Anaheim was pretty cheap for a guy like this. If this was – if Iglesias was in his, like, Arbier still, had, like, three Arbiers ahead of him, the the prospects going to Los Angeles would have been a lot more – and the Bra- I mean, the, the Braves pretty much didn't even get up any prospects. Tucker Davidson's barely a prospect. Um, I'll go ahead and do this now about Chavez and Davidson. I'll do Davidson first because he is like the honestly the least the the more um, what's the word the less important part of this trade. Um, Davidson's just been kind of stuck in the logjam in Gwinnett. He's gotten a couple starts this year. He's looked good at times, but he's just a guy that does not figure into the plans of this season at all, and probably not beyond. And the guy that definitely just kind of need to be moved and the Braves got to clear out some of these just quad a guys that they have and um, I hate to call Tucker that that he's a quad a guy but that's just kind of how it's been um but yeah uh gonna miss you Tucker World Series starter World Series champion so love you forever move on to Jesse Chavez who is the more interesting part of this and uh, I saw some people saying that why would the Braves do this Jesse Chavez is better than Rice Iglesias and I will say this, <laughs> you're not completely wrong. If you look at Jesse's numbers the last two years of the Braves, he's like one of the better relievers in baseball. It's a smaller sample. He doesn't have a ton of innings, but like last year at the Braves, 214 ERA over 33 and two-thirds innings, 207 ERA plus and a 201 FIP. This year, a 211 ERA, the 254 FIP over 38 innings. He's been really good for the Braves. Um, he strikes guys out, but he just doesn't have good stuff. It's just kind of an anomaly how good he has been with the Braves. I don't know what what they have with him, but listen, 
I love Jesse Chavez. I love the man to death. Love him like a son. He's 38 years old. I don't think he. Uh, I say this, but I didn't think Jesse was going to be on the team this year. I don't think he'll be on the team next year. Um, and I, I like looking at Jesse's numbers and the positions in which he pitches. It's um he just doesn't pitch in very high leverage situations at all. Um, that's not a bad thing, but the reason Jesse's numbers are so good is because when you look at his leverage splits, he, he like a majority of his appearances are in low leverage. And he thrives in those situations, but um, give me one second. I'll pull up his leverage splits to actually show you the numbers and tell you when Jesse gets into these situations um, of the higher leverage, he is not as successful at all. So let me find these real quick. Uh, yet again, just me trying to pull up numbers is fantastic podcasting, but just bear with me here. Um, so you look at it as like his clutch stats, two outs, runs in scoring position. They're pretty good, but when you get to the leverage stats, in low leverage situations this year, opponents have a 724 OPS off of Jesse, which isn't great, honestly. It's like an above average hitter, according to baseball reference. And medium leverage is where he really thrived. Um, 43 plate appearances, 291 OPS. That's a negative OPS plus. But then you go to his high leverage numbers and... It gets ugly quick. It's only 24 plate appearances, like I said, because he doesn't really pitch in high leverage. But opponents are, a slash, are slashing 350, 435, and 900. That is good for a one dot 335 OPS off of Jesse in high leverage. Jesse, he, he has got thrust into high leverage at times, and he has been good at times, but there are some times where he's gotten rocked, and the Braves did not ever love using him in high leverage. Not this year, not last year. I mean, in the playoffs, there's a reason why the night shift was a thing and Jesse Chavez was not part of it. And I, and, and this is just not even fair to Jesse because he's been really good and he's 38 years old and he can only top out like 91 miles an hour. It's really impressive what he's been able to, done and been able to do and he's been an important part of these last two Braves teams, but I don't have an issue with trading Jesse Chavez and Tucker Davidson for Rice Iglesias. Iglesias is just infinitely more talented at this point in their careers than Jesse. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll take that talent upgrade. And if the Braves aren't caring about money, we're spending money, then who cares? It's not mine. So they want to do this and spend 16 mil on relievers. I mean, they're doing it right this year. I mean, this year they're combined paying not anymore, but Will Smith and Kenley Jansen are combining for $29 million this year, those just two, those two guys. Um, so, yeah, it's fine if the Braves are going to be spending money, but if this, like, hamstrings the Braves, they don't make any deals because they're paying Rice Iglesias $16 million, million a year, then, yeah, it's bad, but you don't do that. Like, that's not how the Braves are going to operate, so I'm not really worried about the money. Um, I like the move. If Iglesias has been right lately, and if he can stay right and be the guy that he was the past two years, the Braves just got a absolute massive weapon in the back end of their bullpen to go along with Kenley and Mentor and uh, McHugh. And when Matzik gets going, you know, they, they've got guys at the end of the pen. And Dylan Lee, who's been awesome lately, they've got guys in the back end of the pen, and they really just bolstered it, and they got a guy. He's filthy. He is a filthy pitcher. He's got stuff on stuff on stuff. He throws, can throw 100 miles an hour. He's got 90-mile-an-hour sliders. He's really good when he's right. And there have been times where he's not right. He's like his, looking at his game logs. Um, 
he just has a couple of outings this year where he's given up like three runs. That's really inflated his ERA. But like the first month of the season in April, he had a .96 ERA. He was great. But then he's got two earned runs against the White Sox, three earned runs against the A's, which like what the hell? Like how does that even happen? Um, he's got another three earned run against the Phillies. And that, like those those outings are really just like eating up his ERA. He's got a three earned run against the Orioles. Like the Orioles are pretty good, but – just like it's, I don't expect this kind of stuff to continue. He hasn't given up a run in his past like five outings, um, so he's been really good as of late. And yeah, I'm excited to see him pitch. Um, I think he'll be ready for this Mets series, which we'll get into now, um, because um, we've done enough on these trade guys. Overall, well, before we get to the Mets series, talk about that. Um, overall, like the Braves trade deadline a lot. I'm doing like a B plus A minus deadline for them. I think they did really good. Some things that they didn't do that I wish they could have. Uh, maybe upgrade the bench a little bit. Um, you know, like just getting Adrianza is fine. It's, it makes them better, marginally better. But if they could have gotten um, like a like a real another good bat off the bench, that would have been nice. Like maybe we'll replace Heredia, even though that might be blasphemy for some people to say that. Um, but yeah, I, overall it's good. I mean, maybe if they could have found a way to get off Marcelo Zuna's contract, that would have been awesome. Um, not to be able to do that, obviously he's still on the team. But that's kind of a long shot anyway. I'm not going to fault them for that. So now, we will move on to the last portion of the show, and that is talking about the huge series coming up against the Mets. So as of right now, the Braves are three games back. Um, the Mets are playing right now, actually. I can see what the score of their game is. They're playing the Nationals. They lost to the Nationals last night after they traded away Juan Soto and Josh Bell. Um, and right now, the game's in the top of the third, and it's tied at zero. So if the Nats could come through, they could keep the deficit um, at bay for us um, to keep it at two and a half. But if the Mets win, it'll be a three and a half game lead for them heading into a massive five game series in New York. So got a game tomorrow on Thursday, got a game on Friday, then got a doubleheader Saturday and another game on Sunday. Um, let's see. The Braves have one day game. They got a 4-10 game on Sunday. I don't know how they're going to play in that one. I don't know if that's a night game or it's an it's interesting timing there. But the 110 Saturday game, we pencil that one as a loss, I guess, because the Braves just cannot play in, during the day. Um, anyway, I'm just, I'm just, I'm half joking. But it's a massive series. Um, a pretty big road trip coming up, long road trip. I think it's, what is this, a five or 10 game road trip? Go to New York, then Boston, then Miami before you come on and play the Mets again for four games. They play the Mets so much in August. Um, they play the Mets and Astros seven games straight. That's tough. Um, we'll see how that stretch goes for them. But, um, yeah, massive series. Um, so if, let's just say, hypothetical, that the the um, Nationals win today. If the Braves win four out of five in this series, which is a tall task, I won't lie, they will be in first place. They will gain three games. And yeah, I'm right. That, that's, that's, that's correct math. So, yeah, if they're down three and a half, they'd have to sweep, and then there would be a, a game and a half. Yep, I'm – math man i'm good um but yeah so it's a massive series goes without saying they got all these games coming up against the mets you gotta win some you gotta win some then that's that's obvious um so yeah looking forward to that series jacob de is back for the mets it's it's just funny the mets jacob de came back last night he, he pitched fine like they weren't gonna like make him pitch like a f- complete game or whatever but he went five innings one earned run and the Mets scored one run the entire game. Um, they lost four to one to the team that just has. They're, they're fielding a AAA roster. They just traded Soto, 
They just traded Josh Bell. They just, yeah, that's that's just funny Mets stuff. And right now they're tied zero to zero in the third. So if the uh, if those Nats could come through again, that would be sick. I'd be very happy about that. So yeah, um, I think I covered it all. All the trades, the Austin Riley, some of the game stuff. Um, but yeah, big series coming up against the Mets. I'll be back on Monday to recap that five game set. Hopefully, the Braves have uh, made up some kind of ground. At least, at least take three out of three out of five in this series. If they lose three out of five, it's not a disaster, but not great either, obviously. But yeah, hopefully on Monday when I come back, the Braves have made up some ground. Maybe they made up a lot of ground. Maybe they get swept in five games. Who knows? Um, I wouldn't project that, but yeah, here here we are. So I'm just rambling at this point, so I'll end this here. If you made it this far listening, I really, really appreciate it, and I will see you in the next one.